Hey there, Radiant Souls. It's your host, Gina Kunarian, bursting with excitement to welcome you back to season two of the Shine Within podcast. You've been with me through our incredible first season, and now it's time to crank up the intensity. You know me, your energetic cheerleader, a mom of three fabulous boys, an empowering certified massage therapist, and the game-changing alcohol-free sobriety coach. With my trademark enthusiasm, I'm here to uplift more motivated women to break free from the chains of alcohol dependency. And guess what? We're still defining the norms with our unique non-traditional approach. Get ready to supercharge your transformation as I bring you an all-new lineup of awe-inspiring guests this season. They're the powerhouses in the realms of mindset, health, and spirituality. And they're all set up to equip you with potent tips and tools. We're talking about crafting unyielding confidence, honing laser-focused clarity, and infusing your life with exhilarating energy. This season, our mission is to ignite your creative potential to even greater heights, helping you to manifest the life of your dreams, all while living vibrantly alcohol-free. So buckle up as we journey deeper into the realm of self-discovery, awakening the inner magnificence that's ready to burst forth. Season two of Shine Within is about to take you to new horizons. Get ready to experience your true power and unleash your brilliance. So if you are ready to shine even brighter, welcome. Hey, lovely listeners, if you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either sober curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus, there are special free gifts waiting for you inside the show notes, curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. If you're loving the content, I'd be also so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you're not alone on this journey. I am here for you every step of the way. Welcome to a powerful episode of the Shine Within podcast. Today, we have the privilege of hosting Christy Murray, a Christian neuro coach dedicated to guiding individuals through the journey of healing from narcissistic relationships and generational trauma. With a unique blend of science-based brain rewiring techniques and a deep-rooted faith in Christ, Christy offers transformative paths for healing and growth. Her mission is to empower you to break free from the toxic dynamics, establish healthy boundaries, and embrace a life of thriving and personal fulfillment. Join us as Christy shares her insights on overcoming these profound challenges and discover the tools and inspiration you need to start your journey towards liberation and self-discovery. Wow, thank you so much, Christy, for joining me on my show today. I'm so excited for our conversation. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited today about this. Yes, me too. And um, if you can just go ahead and describe your unique approach you take as a Christian neuro coach to help individuals navigate away from narcissistic relationships and generational trauma. So um, it's one thing to have science-backed um, resources. I mean, we, we can always research the science. There's always research for it. And then, you know, you're taught that, okay, your brain works a certain way, but then you have your feelings that you're like, well, in, for nar- especially for people who are raised in narcissistic homes, this is a lifelong um, conditioning. <laughs> and unless you actually like stumble, a lot of people just stumble on it, like, well, you know, something's not right. And then they start looking for resources and then they start to pick up bits and pieces that, okay, well, this is not right. And then they correlate it to the facts. And then like in my case, I read a book that pretty much like laid out everything. And that's how I got my answers. Um, So that's having the knowledge is one thing. Knowing how your brain works is another. It's another layer. And it's great because if you know how your brain works, I mean, it's wonderful. Then you just stop with the blaming and the shaming and (laughs) the guilt tripping that was put upon you growing up. And then the Christian side of it is really the the support and a lot of people. people too like with that comes with generational trauma religion is weaponized religion is used as 
uh, shaming the person, guilting the person, and like using Jesus as a tool to, um, okay, he's there to punish you. And if you don't do what I say, you're going to be punished. If you're not obedient to me, you know, Jesus is going to get mad at you. But that's not how Jesus is. Jesus loves you. And he died on the cross to save us, whether we deserve it or not. So like looking to Jesus as, well, you follow Jesus because you're afraid of him. It's not really a good approach. It's really, you should like love Jesus because he loves you and he's going to get out, get you out of the mud, the situation, and he's going to help you get, he's going to help get you out of that generational trauma that you have been enmeshed in. So that's the, really the Christian supportive cycle um, or phase that everyone needs to be on because we can't do it alone. We we just can't. I mean, no matter how, I don't care how smart you are, how great you are, how much accomplishments you have. I mean, faith is a really big part of, of what we do. And if you don't have faith in Jesus, you don't believe that there's a, there's Jesus to help save you and get you out of those things. It's, you're going to spin your circles around. That's why I really love with understanding yourself, understanding how your brain works, and then really understand what um Jesus has in store for you. Because you're growing up, you might feel that that's just how you are, and that's what you're meant to be. But if you know Jesus and you know how much He loves you, you'll know that He didn't make you to suffer. He didn't make you to be someone's doormat. He didn't make you to be someone you know to be manipulated. Right. No, that was beautifully said, and it reminds me of when I was little. So I didn't really grow up religious or spiritual it was until later in life that I was I mean I already knew about Jesus and I know he's supposed to love you and everything but I really wasn't following Jesus because I was not doing what he was teaching I was doing the complete opposite and I had to find myself again and and I found myself through Christ but I was it reminded me as a little girl when I was six though I remember me playing on my aunt's piano singing the I love Jesus just I I love Jesus I love Jesus I love Jesus and what, 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 but I kind of put Jesus on the back burner as I was growing up because there I was then into my addiction and then into my bad mindset with, uh, with everything. I was in probably narcissistic, narcissistic relationships. I was also in abusive relationships and I was also in the abuser in some relationships in some cases. And I really had to sit down with myself and say, okay, God, you know, if this was back in 2017 or so, I was like, please, I cannot fight this addiction by myself. And that's why you bring up a good point. We cannot do this alone. We, we There's just no way. There is no way. You really do need to look um, up to Christ. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then once I said that out loud I literally had to call out um then that was it game changer it was a blessing in disguise I was hospitalized but it was I mean I needed to be hospitalized and it was at a faith-based hospital with this doctor talking to me saying I'm going to die within 10 years with and all I can see is her necklace and hear it across you know I'm like okay something's going on here I need to check out why I'm here you know chaplain prayed over me and then I went ahead and left the hospital after a week, stopped drinking completely, no desire for it anymore. It literally changed my life. I started going to church, serving, met my husband in street ministry now that I'm remarried. And like, it does change your life. And then I also got a coach. <laughs> she wasn't, she wasn't, um, in, she wasn't into like uh, Christianity or anything, but she really helped me with my mind. So I love mindset coaches. I love working with the mind. I love how, you can help with limiting or uh, helping with our limiting beliefs because we're so, we talk so bad to ourselves sometimes. It's like, why? So I'm so happy you brought up Jesus and how when we do have him in our life and with that Christ consciousness, there's no stopping. And there's a, there's just, the, the love is con unconditional. So it's just an amazing experience. And that's what I always say, really look, look to Jesus. Because mm -hmm. I would say he's the one who saved me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really, I'm happy. Thank you for sharing that. Sorry, this is really beautiful. And it really also brings me back to if you, you know, just like you said, look up, everything will fall into place for you. The resources that you wouldn't even like think that would like fall in, it's all of a sudden would be just right in front of you. So he provides for us. Like in your case, you said that doctor was talking to you, but then you saw his, um, his necklace 
and then you're like okay so the seed's been planted and it's really it's your sign so you follow these like wonderful seeds and then here you are beautifully grown in Christ <laughs> yes yes and it's an amazing experience like we and we we're teaching our children to because we try to do well my husband because he's the leader in the household so he tries to conduct the bible study and I'll tell you I'll be honest with you and sometimes I'm not in the mood <laughs> not in the mood I was like I just want to go to bed I have a headache but then I always find like a little bit more joy when we just do it anyway it's just like only about five minutes out of our day we just pray together you know mm -hmm. and um, so he definitely makes that a priority and it's, it's it is good to have a nice leader in the household who who also is a godly man <laughs> so, mm -hmm. and that was very important and I noticed all my past relationships, I didn't have, they weren't godly men. I mean, they would say they were, but they really weren't because we were doing everything opposite of what Christ would want us to do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was my experience. <laughs> yeah. And it, that goes along too with um, just knowing the type of people that you surround yourselves with. Mm -hmm. It really makes a big difference because if you're like, I mean, in the Bible, it was it in the bible and i'm sorry for this i there's Not a saying that you tell me who your friends are and i'll tell you who you are because oh, yeah we are a reflection of who we surround ourselves with and we pick up their habits you know hopefully they pick up on our good habits but it's really hard if you're in that toxic enmeshment whether it's toxic family toxic friends toxic workplace you really have to like get yourself out of there and it's amazing you've really noticed a difference like you said you um compared your relationships before your husband it's like wow it's a night and day and you're in a better place now with him yes and always um about setting healthy boundaries was very important too and i know it's crucial mm -hmm. in any healing process what practical steps do you actually recommend to someone who is struggling to establish these in their personal relationships so actually I have a, um, a three-star process that I use in neuro coaching. So the first one is really to recognize, um, recognize what is happening and be open to acknowledging that, you know, this isn't right and something is not right here. I'm going to go look for help, whether I'm going to pray, I'm going to read some books, I'm going to um, go to support groups or talk to someone over or talk to someone about it. Um, if we are just like stuck in that place of like, well, this is just how it is. And that's how it's always been. And I'm just no good at this. Like you said, we talk ourselves and we're so mean to ourselves. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, girl, you don't deserve that. Well, who says you don't deserve it? Who says you don't deserve to be loved? Who says you're not good enough? So right. recognize that you are good enough and you deserve to be loved. You deserve to be happy and you deserve Jesus' love. So that's the first R. And the second R for me is to, um, to why am I blanking out? So yes. you recognize and then you recover. So then you get the recovery phase. Now, you know, this in the recognized phase, you know, the signs, then you slowly like pick up on those signs. And in the recover phase, you start changing those things slowly. No one, you didn't get here overnight. So it's not going to just change. When you wake up in the morning like magically as much as we want to yeah um so then you recover you start putting the boundaries and then you start taking care of yourselves um putting in your self-care routine and don't feel bad about it and then as women you know we talk about like oh we, we do all these things maybe you can have it all but not all at the same time you know, we go through phases in our lives and being in women's health, we go through phases in our cycle. <laughs> we, oh the first so. week is different. The hormonal shifts are different. Just like what we do, you know, there's seasons. There's summer where we all are outside planting. Winter is when we retreat and, and stay inside and nurture ourselves. So that the second phase is you recover. You put things in place and you start taking care of yourself. And then the, my third phase would be to thrive. So now that you have, you've recognized what's happening, you're aware of it and you've accepted those, those facts and then accepted the things that, you know, they're out of your control. And then you're in recovery, you have the tools, you're slowly setting the tools, you're getting out of those toxic relationships and now you're thriving. So it's, you know, like really, if you're outside 
let's make an example if you're outside gardening you know you come inside you have your dirty gloves you have your <laughs> and then you see oh i'm really dirty i can't like walk around all day like this and then you start like shedding the dirty gloves and then you wash your hands so then you're in recovery and then you're thriving maybe after a shower now you're making your meal and then you're sitting down with your family and then you're enjoying your day Yes, it reminds me a long time ago, our old pastor, before we moved to San Jose, I'm, I live in California, so I don't know if you're if you're familiar with the cities there, but I used we used to live in Fremont, and we used to go to a church, and I remember the pastor was always saying what Jesus does is in your life, and reminded me, it was like, it was three R's, it was find, restore, and renew, I think, I think it was those three, yeah, and so it was like, it reminded me of that, and I love that, so thanks for sharing that. Now, talking about, because you were just mentioning about how we talked so negatively to ourselves and, you know, it's like we, I always often ask like, okay, we, would, would I talk to a stranger or a child like that? You know, no. So we, we always question like, why are we talking to ourselves like that? Um, how do you actually incorporate brain rewiring techniques in your coaching to assist clients in overcoming deeply ingrained negative thought patterns? I'm glad you asked that. This is the wonderful, um, wonderful thing about neuro coaching. And I didn't really um, know about it until I went and learned about it. So I got, I got into neuro coaching initially because I wanted to be productive for my nutrition business. And then, so like things come up during the coaching sessions. And that's why it's really important to get a coach because it's just, you just need to detach yourself and be in the seat. Like I am a nurse practitioner. I, I mean, I'm not a pediatric nurse practitioner. So when my kids get, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like I can't treat them because I that's not my specialty. And I'm, I'm a mom. I yeah. won't be a mom and I'll bring them some, to someone else. Um, so with the neuro coaching is like things come up during the sessions and like, oh, why do you not feel like doing this? And then like through a series of questions, like things come up, oh, oh because this happened when I was a child and then you start seeing the patterns of like oh my goodness throughout my life there's this pattern of like me going and then I'll stop me going and then I'll stop and then it all you start to and it's really amazing how like even watching other people that things that they don't even know it just comes out during the session like oh because I was told this when I was when I was eight and it just stuck with me. So something happened maybe on purpose, maybe not on purpose. Um, as a child, maybe someone just said, you know, you're just not good enough. You, you just, you're not made for this. So we carry that as an adult. And when we embark on something and, it, and things get hard, that gets repeated in our head. Oh, I can't do this. I'm not made for this. So what you do is you stop and then you do something else. So then you have these series of things that you get excited about starting and then you don't finish. Or you're the high achiever that constantly going and going and going because somewhere in your childhood, you were told that you're not good enough. So you then, then you try to rise above it. So you try to prove yourself. Oh, I can do everything because I'm not going to be hurt anymore. No one's going to tell me that I'm not good enough and I'm going to show them. So there's these patterns that you look back in your life and then you start accepting that, you know what, that's not how it is. So then we start doing our brain priming, right? We, we write things down, like how did that certain um, moment make you feel? And would you say that, like talking about, we're so mean to ourselves, would you say that to someone that you love? Like if someone told you you're not good enough let's say your husband, would you go and tell your husband, listen, you're not good enough. No one likes you. And it's just so hurtful, right? Why would you like say that to yourselves? And if you're going to protect that person that you love from these negative thoughts, why would you keep repeating it to yourself? Mm -hmm. So then we start looking for evidence of like logical evidence that, wait, I am good enough because I've done all these things. I've, you know, I graduated with honors and I like finished this training and I have this certificate and I'm helping people and people, you know, love to be around me and they tell me these things. So then 
there's that shift in your, you know, in your emotions, because we look at emotions and thoughts together when they're combined, they form our beliefs. And that's what keeps getting repeated. So if we change the emotions that we get to tell our brain how to feel, then we start shifting what our brain tells us because our brain likes to um, conserve glucose. It's just going to go with like what's been happening, whether it's true or not. You're, if you keep telling your brain you're not good enough, it's going to like say, oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> you're not good enough. But if you tell your brain that, wait, I am good enough and I got this. So after like so many times of doing it, we call it brain priming. Um, after like 67 days of you telling yourself that your brain's going to catch on and be like, you know what? You are good enough. Why don't you go do that? So then you start like feeling like the shift, like in you, you may start skipping. <laughs> you're just like more joyful and happier because you're not in that box anymore where you've been placed and told that you're a certain way, but you're really not. So really like looking for these things. And then we start um, rewiring. And then so we like the negative thoughts we'll just prune that and then we start forming new neural pathways with a new brain priming that we have yeah so eventually true. you're like wow the things that I used to react to it's not like affecting me that same way anymore and that's the beauty of it it's like it's not just one situation you get the tools of learning how so like pretty much anything that happens from then on you're like okay I'm a different person now. I'm, 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 I've been elevated. I'm a different level. So people that used to like say certain things, it doesn't affect me as much anymore. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to fake it until you make it, you know, just start saying nice things to yourself. Even if you don't believe it at first, just start saying it. Like you said, then your brain gets then used to it, then it's going to manifest. <laughs> and also you have to remind yourself that you are created in a child from the most high. He's not going to make and it's not gonna make something that he doesn't love and cherish you know it exactly. doesn't exactly <laughs> so you have to think about that like hey I'm no mistake you know like I am a child yeah. of God like I mean almighty of the whole universe you know what I'm saying it's like the whole universe yes. <laughs> and that's thing is like who knows how big it is so only he knows yes. And so it's like, come on, you have to think of it that way too it's like come on mm -hmm. so yeah it's just reframing yes, and right. changing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said that, that you, Hey, you're not, I'm not a mistake and we are not. So, so being in the infertility world in my regular job as a women's health nurse practitioner, there's so like, there's so many things that have to go right for a child to be born healthy. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that have to be at a perfect place at a perfect time for that egg to be fertilized and then to implant and then to form it's really, it's a miracle. It so, no, you are not a mistake. You were born because God wanted you to be born. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that were in perfect timing and perfect harmony. That's why you're here. Exactly. I was like, it took me a while to find my purpose. I'm like, what is my purpose here? <laughs> you know, and it takes time because I wasn't really, I was distracted with, you know, alcohol and partying and everything. So that distraction, like, I strayed away from the divine. And then it wasn't until then I stopped and was so reminded that I started getting like really close to the Holy Spirit that's inside. And then I noticed that I would just use the, ah, the Holy Spirit, everything. Like, hey, what do I need to do now? <laughs> what do I need to do? <laughs> you know? And uh, I would be guided. I'm, I literally feel like I'm just being guided constantly. And yeah, always there to help you too. <laughs> yes, exactly. You start hearing, yeah. And sometimes, and um, like for me, sometimes I even like, wow, I wouldn't have thought of that on my own. And mm -hmm. then you start thinking, oh, that must be the Holy Spirit because like, uh, what are the chances? There is no such thing as coincidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and also in your coaching practice, like how do you help individuals identify and um, challenge their limiting beliefs that may have originated from like toxic uh, dynamics, like in relationships or even um, generational trauma? Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's similar to what we have talked about, how we're going to do the brain priming. So the first step is really that we, you know, recognize, like, why do you think, what's, what's wrong? 
right? I mean, for them to seek help, they must realize that, okay, something is not right. Why am I being treated this way? I don't like this. So we start like looking into like, what are the situations that, you know, like, let's call it, let's call it triggers, right? Like what happened and what's bothering you today? And how did that make you feel? So, and then we use pen and paper, actually. I mean, it, the coaching is recorded, but I always have to have them like write pen and paper because when our, it's a tactile connection. When we write things down, it's more solid in our brain. So just like writing things down, like what happened? And then we go back to um, what was your reaction and um, what could you have done differently? You know, if a lot of people would say, well, if only they did it, but it's like, but we are not talking about them and we can only control, you know, control yourself. So then yeah. it's really like, and then I use their words, like I would ask them, like, how did that make you feel? Or um, what was, what do you think you could have done differently? And what was your goal? So it's like really a lot more, just prompt, more prompting and giving my clients the space. That otherwise, yeah. if they're in a busy world or, you know, someone's in a rush, you mean you can't do that, right? It's right. Yeah, and, and that's probably one of the challenges. But do you come across any other challenges your clients face when attempting to break free from whatever mm -hmm. challenge they're going through? Yeah, I actually have a client. Um, She's like, well, I don't want to talk about this right now. This is too hurtful. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, but you want to move forward. So that's a little bit more challenging because when... And and eventually, I mean, I can tell in the calls, they're like, oh, why are you even asking me this? And like, like it's a simple question, but I have a hard time answering, answering this. Um, so yeah, that's one of the challenges when they're like, it's too painful for them to, to really even talk about this. I can't, I can't like tell them what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just like, oh, I'll tell you on my own time. But it needs to yeah. come out, you know, that's, it's like, mm -hmm. hey, maybe you write it write it out and then you can read it to me on paper <laughs> <You Yes. know? laughs> or something like that it's because sometimes it's like when they start sh sharing it's like too much but if they write it like because you were talking about the whole pen and paper um aspect and if you will go ahead and write it and it's kind of like therapeutic and then they can read mm -hmm. it to you and just be like okay this is why I'm feeling this way mm -hmm. <laughs> so what's going on in my life yeah and like I guess the the biggest challenge is like people want certain things but then they don't want to do the work <laughs> action steps are the most important to have taking action yes. and doing what you're teaching your clients to do like hey you know we've we've come with these um these solutions now let's go ahead and put them into action and it's mm -hmm. really up to them you know and i noticed for myself back in when i was when i had my coach I literally was practicing every day. Like I was doing these mentoring videos and I make them as well. And, um, and I would just, whatever, it would be like a like two minute clip of my practice for the day. <laughs> and so I would practice and practice. And so everything is a practice. So once you get used to it, it just comes part of your life and it's so much nicer. Yeah. I mean, you really, you know, you can't just it's I mean, as much as we want to just like reading and wishing things to happen, we, <laughs> we have to put the work into it. And as yes. uncomfortable as, you know, putting the work, we have to, it's kind of like you want to build muscle, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you go to a gym, sometimes you're like, I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel like going to the gym. And then you, you do your cardio or your lift weights. It's uncomfortable. It would like, I would rather just sit on my couch and take a nap rather than be here. <laughs> But that's the growth phase. Your muscles need to be exposed to certain levels of weight and then stretches for it to grow. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the intention behind that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there's um, some success stories from your clients. Can you provide an example or some type of transformational success story mm -hmm. where a client was able to liberate themselves from the grips of narcissistic uh -huh. relationship or generational trauma or anything that you mm -hmm. help them with? That's a long, that's a long term. I feel like it's like when we talk about really like breaking the cycle, it's like I actually right now my success is having like someone really like recognizing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not, we're still in the recognition phase. It's that it's not their fault because I have one and she was nervous about talking. She got a text from one of her friends. It's like, hey, we need to talk. And automatically her brain was like, 
oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? So, right, she's thinking it's her fault she did something wrong. And then she was talking to me like, well, what am I going to say? Like, okay, if they say this, um, I'm going to just say this. It's like she's in survival mode. She's pre-planning. So first she's thinking that it's her fault mm-hmm. and that she did something wrong. And then two, she's pre-planning, pretty much agreeing with that person. Going back to it's my fault. I did something wrong. I have to appease that person in order to smooth things properly. And that's, you know, she's in survival mode, appeasing mm-hmm. and being in survival mode. And I laid it out for her. I said, okay, this is what's happening right now. Just listen to what you're telling your brain or how what you're, uh, you're priming in your brain. So number one, you're telling yourself it's your fault because you got scared that she wants to talk. You don't know what she wants to talk about. And then like right then and there, like I can see her face just light up like, you know what? You're right. You don't know. Maybe she has issues Um, that she just, hey, maybe it's not even about you, but here you are because you've been primed to blame. And then she, she admitted it too. She's like, yeah, I'm a people pleaser and I do like tend to blame myself for everything. So I'm really happy for her that she was able to recognize that and accept that. And then I said, and then here you are, say, you're telling yourself, what am I going to do to appease her? So why is it even your fault? (laughs) Right? You don't know if it's even your fault. Why are you jumping ahead of that? So now you're in panic mode and you're anxious even before you set a time to meet with this person to talk. This success is just like, wow, like all that in like two minutes that I... (laughs) that we had talked about so and yeah I would like call it a success number one because she like her eyes were like literally like open and she was more confident talking to that that friend that wanted to have a conversation with her that was a big breakthrough you know some people may think it as small but I I mean I think it is a huge breakthrough just to recognize that hey I'm a people pleaser (laughs) this is what I do and I think that's a big part of the transformation is just recognizing and having awareness on that and then moving forward to the next step or next level. So that's great. I'm glad that, yay, good for her. I know, right? I mean, like, and I didn't tell her that, oh, you're this, this, this. And it's like, she just came out. I helped her. I gave her the space to lay everything out. Mm-hmm. And then she had the safety and the time to actually recognize, okay, yep you know what, you're right, I am a people pleaser. And I get anxious and I do these things. Yeah, so it reminds me of this time with my son. Uh, this is when he was younger. He's 15 now. Uh, but he was going to Kumon, the little tutoring place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so um, he was very shy, closed off, doesn't like to really communicate, but he's way better now. <laughs> but he was younger, though. And then he was like so nervous to go inside there, even though he's already been going there for so many, so many, so many sessions. And I said, honey, why are you nervous about something that hasn't even happened yet? <laughs> why are you thinking all of these thoughts? Nothing has happened. You haven't even entered in. So don't be nervous about it. It hasn't happened. Let's focus on the present moment. Now, be here now. And so now he always knows the term be here now because <laughs> focus on because we get anxious and we get caught up in our head like, oh, yeah. what is they're going to think about me? This, this, that. So a funny story I share with you is that um, my mom, she's always concerned about other people's opinions. <laughs> and this probably will go into gestation or gestational. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, generational <laughs> trauma. <laughs> and then... Um, and then she was always like, always carried about what people had to say. So for me, I had to break that. And one time she asked me, well, don't you care about what they're going to think about you? I'm like, no, because I know who I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care what they think about me because I know who I am. I know who loves me. You know, like, I, I don't need validation from anybody or their approval. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's liberating, isn't it? Just like to know and just feel that. And it's like, wow, I'm free. 
Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. Now, um, for someone who feels trapped, because I mean, let me, let me back up a little bit. Let's talk about narcissistic relationships, uh, because I have a lot of listeners who are having trouble in their relationships or want to seek new relationships, but they've always been in bad ones. Mm -hmm. What are some signs we can look for in a narcissistic person or like you would say a covert narcissist? Yeah. <laughs> So when we think of narcissists, the classic narcissist is like the one who is always says, me, 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 it's all about them. But um, so that's more of the grandiose, like, okay, I have a God complex. I am so great and I'll this and you should just worship me. That's the grandiose narcissist. And then there's the other type that's the covert, more subtle type of narcissist. That's what is much more difficult to recognize and you don't know that they're narcissists until you're fully made aware of there's that really certain type of it. So when we, so narcissists, like we look at like the main, let's call it the big, um, for short, like they're actually called narc, right? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> narcissists, so you have your two levels, grandiose, and then you have the more subtle, covert, sensitive narcissist. The grandiose is the one that's like really obvious, the appearance and like um, the queen, I'm walking around with my head high. That's really obvious. You know, they're not, like, you can spot that like easily. And then there's the other type that's like, you know, they, they play victim. Mm -hmm. They're more altruistic, actually. They do things to be, and they're nice in appearance. And they do, they're people pleasers. They care about what people think of them. And then they do those things so they can be praised and worship like someone and like in the Bible, like the Pharisees, I would, yeah. <laughs> the Pharisees, they would donate and then they would announce it. Mm. Right? <laughs> mm -hmm. That's the narcissist in the Bible right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 So they would do things to be praised and affirmed and recognized. And then they get mean when they don't get that. When like, oh, I do this, I did this for you and you're not even doing anything in return. Well, we're supposed to do things because we want to, because we want to help. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's always, there's always an ulterior motive. That's why they do things. So that's one right. sign. Another sign is they like to play victim. Mm -hmm. It's like they would refuse to do things for themselves. And then, you know, there's this woe is me. Oh, look at me. Woe is me. But then someone who's recognizing that is like, wait, wait a minute. What do you mean? What was you? Well, you have this and this and you did this to yourself. So no, I shouldn't feel sorry for you <laughs> because you did that to yourself and you're basking in the glory of getting the attention. Mm -hmm. It's all about me attention, but in, in a more subtle way. Some of them may even like make themselves sick. Thanks. Yes, Yikes. they would like refuse to get better because they like the attention that they get. People like surrounding them, taking care of them mm. while they're sick. And for someone who don't recognize that, you would like jump right in there and take care of them. Mm -hmm. Right. Because or you'd be like, person. well, girlfriend, didn't you have that just yesterday? <laughs> Whatever condition. They had. Yeah. And like you got you. better and now you're feeling sick again. <laughs> I know. Like you're walking straight. Why do you think? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead and continue. Because yeah, I, totally I know. So you. like these things is like, wow, the lights are blinking. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and then then you notice that they don't have true friends their friends are just like these temporary ones that they can get them to do things for them they don't have like deep relationships everything is superficial mm -hmm. and um one of the i mean one of the classic ways i notice about someone is they don't have like most of their friends are someone like whose status is below them because they want to be the one who's like, I'm here and I'm the one giving you things. So you owe me. Mm. They don't have, they don't look to someone as a mentor. They, you know, it's, you, you just see, you just have to look closer into the patterns of like how their relationships are, how they act. And mm. I mean, it's kind of sad in a way because in society, we we look up to people that are, you know, they're good with almsgiving, always helpful, 
and um, always there for people. But now, like me being aware of what covert narcissism is, I'm like, are you really doing that at the out of the goodness of your heart or? <laughs> or for praise. <laughs> or for praise. Yeah, that would be like the big thing. It's like if someone's always looking for praise. Mm -hmm. for praise and affirmation is like you know look at me and the, oh, another big thing is they don't have any empathy mm -hmm. they don't care how you feel when they're when you're talking to them they'll click quickly cut you off and turn that conversation about them mm -hmm. <laughs> yes it can get tricky because some people they're just excited to share and they want you to feel like oh I relate with you but you know I relate with your story and actually have something to share they just get excited but the narcissist would just like I'm just not even pay attention to what you're saying. All of a sudden, it's all about them. Mm -hmm. Then you're talking about them and like what they did. And then, oh, you feel sorry for them. And then all of a sudden, oh, you're doing things for them. <laughs> oh, it's a trap. <laughs> it is. It's a trap. It's like a whole enmeshment. It's all entanglement. That's why. Um, and it's so, so hard to break with families because mm -hmm. the rest of the family members that, you know, like the next generation, they think that's just how it is. Well, that's how my mom did it. So must be right. Right. <laughs> that's how I saw my mom treated my mom, you know, my grandma treat my mom. And that's just how it is for generations, but it's, it's not. And it's hard to be a cycle breaker because you, people around you are telling you that you're mean to your mom. <laughs> Why are you doing <laughs> like no I'm setting boundaries because I don't want my children to to be this anxious people pleaser and manipulated into doing things so I am taking that stand to break cycle now so my children doesn't have to do it and I'm protecting them so you're like you're the gatekeeper and you're the wall and being that wall you're being questioned and attacked and different angles saying you're an ungrateful child because you turned your back yeah and no one like no one asks if a child is neglected no one like talks to the mom maybe some like but no one rarely maybe some people do no one questions the mom that you're neglecting your child you're a bad mom and yet when the child decides to no I'm putting boundaries yeah oh, the child is a bad child but no one really just like, well, what happened? So, because for a child, it doesn't happen open. It doesn't happen overnight. Like, no child wakes up like, nope, I'm not gonna talk to my parents anymore. I'm gonna move away. It has. It came. They came to that decision through a series of just like self reflection. Because mm -hmm. it's hard. We all want our parents. We all want to be close to them. We want that family especially you know if you're in the culture where families is everything it's hard to break away from that and recognize that no you guys are wrong and I don't feel good when I'm around you and you guys are toxic and I don't want my children to feel that toxicity and I don't want you manipulating them so yeah and and yeah you you're shamed and you're made to feel guilty about your decision and that's why I'm bringing more awareness about this covert narcissist in in the family. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's uh, yeah, I can relate to so much, and I see it too in other other friends' families. <laughs> They're like they had they mm -hmm. stopped talking to them completely because it was just in the line. But yet, that communication is important. You need to maybe communicate to your your parents or your family members and say, hey. I'm not going to talk to you for a while because of this, because I don't feel aligned when you say this. It doesn't feel good underneath my skin when you do this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't align to my morals or values or any of anything like mm -hmm. that. That communication is important because otherwise if you shut them off and then they don't even and they know, don't know. <laughs> Yeah, especially for narcissists, they don't do anything <laughs> wrong, right? In their mind, they're like, why'd you do this? I didn't do anything wrong. I'm perfect. Uh, right, but right. The key is, you know, it's communication is you tell them, hey, when this happened, I don't want you to do that anymore. Then a mature, loving, non-narcissistic parent would say, oh, okay, I, they'll be more open to you. They'll be more mm -hmm. self-reflective. And they'll say, well, I didn't know, you know, that. I made you feel that way. I won't do that. You know, they will take steps because they want you around. Mm -hmm. They love you. <laughs> they love you. But a narcissist would gaslight you. 
if you say, okay, I don't want you doing this, you know, this hurt me when you did this. The gaslighting comes like, well, you shouldn't have done that. And I can't mm -hmm. be even believe. So they'll invalidate you. They'll gaslight you. And like being raised that way, all of a sudden you walk away from that conversation like, well, maybe it is my fault. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. And they turn the tables uh, against you when you're trying to communicate nicely. And then they're like, yeah, well, what about when you did this? You know, it's like, OK, no, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> I don't yes. need to finish this conversation with you because I don't need it to turn on the tables against me. I just wanted to share when you're ready to talk to me properly, then we can go ahead and have a nice conversation. But until then, yes. goodbye. <laughs> yes, exactly. You don't need that in your life. You don't. Mm -hmm. Oh, I wish I wish we can just all help, like have a little magic wand. <laughs> help everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know oh. and the sad thing is like even when people recognize this like the internal emotions because they're so um they're so enmeshed you know with that certain mm -hmm. member of the family and they know it but then every now and then they're like well maybe I'm wrong <laughs> and then you gotta like go back wait wait a minute the facts are you know and, and it's hard it's the healing is um it's it's a long process mm -hmm. It is a long process, but so worth it. You know, like you were saying earlier, it's not like you're going to wake up and be like, I'm healed all of a sudden. <laughs> you know? yeah. It takes, it's it's not linear. It's it's a process and you'll have some rough patches along the way, but that's okay. That's why we grow growing and we learn. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Now for someone who feels trapped in that cycle of toxic relationships, uh, what is the first step they should actually take towards healing and personal growth? Since we're just talking about this. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah so um really just looking more internally mm -hmm. like okay why is this always happening and journaling is just such get your good old pen and paper yeah. <laughs> or a really nice notebook just writing down your thoughts and then um be open to accepting that okay there's a pattern that's happening here so yeah so being recognized recognizing what's happening and then to just do some self-reflection maybe mm -hmm. Because we all, you know, have a part to play in certain situations. We can't just say, oh, they're a narc and um, <laughs> it's it's their fault. But maybe because of your reaction. And that's what I'm saying, you know, be open to, to yourself as well. Because all you can do is control yourself. Because mm -hmm. hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And heal people help heal people. Mm -hmm. so oh we, yeah I did a post on that recently too oh, <laughs> it reminded me yeah it, exactly what you said that's 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 great yeah and you know we self-reflect that okay I, I did have a part to play in that and recognize that I could have said things differently I could have done things differently um but by no means you should walk around like it's always my fault and I'll just go I'm just gonna let them <laughs> walk over <laughs> me because they're always right and I'm always wrong no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's why I like to listen to, you know, like, because I will admit if I'm wrong, but you know what, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. So I always, I always say that I'm never because I know I'm never right all the time. I know that for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, I always like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, and that's the key. The key is, you know, someone who cares about you and is self-reflective and who's you know not a narcissist would admit that you know what I did have a part to play in that mm -hmm. and I shouldn't have said that I'm sorry you know I didn't mean to hurt you but the narcissist would no you shouldn't have acted that way you made me mad and you made me yell <laughs> they think they're self-righteous huh yes. <laughs> yeah oh well, I love our conversation I feel like I could go on forever <laughs> but I wanted to ask you uh, Mm -hmm. For our listeners, where can they go ahead and find your website, follow you on social media, all that good stuff? So I am on um, Instagram and I have a website. It's called Bluevale Wellness, bluevalewellness.com. Um, and then I would like them to get my freebie. It's called Ways to Reinvent You. Um, it's a quick PDF, just eight ways to on how you can take care of yourself, can, you know, do the whole reinvention. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to do all of them. And it's a nice way, um, you know, for you to get a start. So then once they get that, I would email them every week. And then they'll get a link to my Facebook group. And on my Facebook group, I actually give um, weekly, um, give, I do weekly videos. 
Oh, nice. About, yeah, about generational trauma, about tools, about narcissism. Um, and on Saturdays, I have a Q&A about the video that I had just talked about. So it's like, hey, you get a free lesson every week. And then we we get to have our affirmation in our group support. That's awesome. Yeah, because community is very important. And so that's so awesome that you have that platform available to people just to like connect. And you know, sometimes we just need that connection. Yeah, yeah, it's a validation, really. No one, it's it's worse if you're, it's really hard. It's really difficult to to get out of these toxic relationships if you don't have any validation from anyone. Right, yeah. Yeah, just knowing that you're not alone and that it's not just you and it's not your fault. Mm-hmm, yeah. exactly. Well, thank you so much, Christy. Any, any last words or thoughts you'd like to share? Yeah, so number one, I would like to know that you, that God meant for you to be here. Remember all the perfect situation and timing that has to happen for you to be born. And God has gazed upon your face even before you came out of your mother's womb. So no one has the right to make you feel that you're not worthy and that you're not loved. Amen to that. (laughs) Don't let anyone tell you who you are. You tell them who you are. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm going to write that one down. (laughs) That was great. Well, thank you so much, Christy. It's been a a, a fun time. I I really enjoyed our conversation. Yes, thank you so much. Um, I I hope it this helps you know, this helps people uh, elevate themselves and get out of that and break the cycle and protect the next generation. It definitely will. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five star reviews. Your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety. The other, a personal sharing from my journey, a six-step blueprint towards an alcohol-free life. These are the steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's the word GIFT, G-I-F-T, at 1-855-649-6196. With all of my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.